Well, good morning. If you have your Bibles, if you'll find your place in Luke chapter 24, as we continue to worship together on this Easter Sunday. If you're a guest with us here today, looking around, may the Lord bless you. We're honored to have you. I'm Pastor Mike, and we are grateful that you are with us today. If you are in the area and you do not have a church, as Brother Todd mentioned, please come be with us. Or let us help you with any questions you might have. We'd love to talk to you, and we'd love for you to have the chance to walk with us as we seek to honor and serve the Lord and follow Jesus in this place. I also want to say, while you're finding your place in Luke chapter 24, uh, thank you to all of our uh, people who, who are a part of our church. Thank you for coming out, helping us on Wednesday night, uh, in spite of storm warnings and rain and clouds and lightning and thunder and all the rest. We were we moved everything inside and, and still had well over 800 people who came and many new people registered with us. I think we should say thank you to all of our servants and all those who helped. Let's say praise the Lord for that. Amen. And a very good group who came with us uh, as we joined together on Monday, Thursday. And here we are on Easter and what a celebration already today. And these who have been baptized. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 24 is the ending of Luke's gospel. Each gospel has its own recording of the resurrection experiences of the disciples and the various ways and times that the Lord Jesus Christ appeared and alive, fully alive, humanly alive with his, his human body glorified and yet being fully God. But we're going to focus our time in Luke 24 at the beginning of this section. So if you have your copy of God's Word, let's read together. Luke chapter 24, boys and girls and adults, let me remind you, we read words of those who were eyewitnesses to these accounts. Well, over 500 people saw these things at various times related to the Lord Jesus coming back to life. There were many of them who saw and the Romans knew and the Jews knew where he was buried. But they also knew because of the soldiers who were there, all the authorities knew that somehow after three days, uh, this one they had buried and rolled the stone across was now alive and missing from the grave. So what we read today are these words that help us to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, these great testimony, these words of these eyewitnesses. So we begin reading Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 1. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? I'll read it again. Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful man and be crucified and the third day rise again. Verse 8. And they remembered His words. That is the words of the Lord Jesus. 
And they returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now they were Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James. Also the other women with them were telling these things to the apostles. But these words appeared to them as nonsense. And they would not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings only. And he went away to his home, marveling at what had happened. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for the blessing of reading your Word and the testimony of these who saw you alive, Lord Jesus, and we pray that you might help us today. Holy Spirit of God, we seek to honor and exalt the Lord Jesus Christ in all of our words, and we know that you will do your work. Draw men and women, boys and girls, teenagers, draw them to you. Oh, Lord, may they be drawn to you as we lift you up. And may others come to look upon you and confess their sins and be saved today. To the glory of the Lord Jesus, we pray, and in his name, amen. So this morning as we begin, I want to focus my attention on the angel's announcement <clears throat> found in verses number found in verses 5, 6 and 7. These angels asked these women who were now at the tomb, "Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee. So the focal truth I have for you today on this Easter Sunday is this, that the angels declared, they announced to Christ's disciples, beginning with these women who had come to the grave, they announced to them, Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Oh, we see the angels of God gathered always around the glory of God and the presence of God. We see the angels of God doing many different things, announcing various things all the way through the Word of God. I remind you today that we come to this place and now we have the opportunity because of the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, those of us who are saved, to set our minds on heaven. So I call you to join me today for just a little while as we set our minds on heaven. We've had enough of thinking about the world. We've come into this building thinking about it. It's like stuff we can't get off of our hands. It's dirt that we seem to not be able to remove from our minds. How I pray today that for just a little while, all of us can have a, a, an escape from the distractions and that we can set our minds on things above where the Lord Jesus Christ is now alive, seated in glory as our great high priest king. Join me, join me for a little while. In setting your mind on heaven, this is what Paul said, set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the majesty. Angels, they surround the glorious Lord Jesus Christ. We read it here as the women came to the, to the tomb in verse number one, two, the stone is rolled away. And they come in and they're amazed and perplexed that the stone is rolled away and they don't see the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, though just a few days, just 
a day or so before they saw that he was buried and placed in this place. And now there are these two men standing there in their brilliant clothing, their dazzling white clothing. And they're surprised and they're perplexed and, and they bow down before them. They're terrified. They're terrified of them. And then the angels begin to announce to these women. Oh, let's pause for a moment. The angels of God are always where the Lord Jesus is. The angels of God are always where the Lord Jesus is. These, these, these glorious creatures are those made and created by God to bring honor endlessly and praise to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. They are ministering spirits for God's people. And all the way through, as I said earlier in your Bible, we find occasions where angels come among men and women and declare what God is about to do or declare the presence of God. Oh, the same, the same angels sang glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to men at the birth of Jesus Christ. They announced these angels, they announced to Mary and to Joseph, they declared to them, you shall call his name Yeshua, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. These angels, they are the ones who ministered so tenderly and so carefully to the Lord Jesus Christ after 40 days of enduring temptation from Satan and without food, without drink. They ministered to him tenderly as they also ministered to him there in that garden as he prayed. Not my will, but yours be done as he faced, as he faced for all of us the cross and died for our sins. Now they announce his resurrection. They, they join him at his ascension. The angels remind the disciples of some things when he is about to ascend. These angels, they all surround the Lord Jesus in glory in heaven. Set your mind on heaven, what's going on in heaven. There are these words, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and honor and glory and praise and honor and blessing. They hear these words, the, the, these words echo in heaven. John reminds us, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. These angels have come among us to honor the Lord Jesus Christ as he was here with us. And now these angels are speaking praise and doing the bidding of God in heaven. Oh, but they also still look with amazement on what is happening to the church. Peter said this as he talked about salvation. He describes the amazement of the angels at the grace of God that is given to all of us who are saved sinners in this room. He says it like this, these things, this grace of God given to us in salvation are things, listen, these are things into which angels long to look. They look upon the mystery of the grace of God and though they have never experienced it, there is no grace, there is no salvation for the fallen angels. He has not put his hand on the angels to save them. As Paul says, he has placed his hand. He has become one of us, one of the seed of Abraham. The angels look with amazement this very day. They see the grace of God exhibited among God's people and they are amazed at the work of God among His people, the church. Paul says, 
so that the manifold wisdom of God might be now made known through the church. How is the, how is the amazing wisdom of God shown to all the world and to all the heavens? Why, it's shown through the church, through his people. His manifold wisdom might be shown through the church, listen, to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. So today these same angels who I've just described in all these wonderful ways, now these two and others rolled the stone away. All the angelic activity going on around the tomb. And what do they say? Well, I have four observations for you. I'll be quick today. Notice what they say. Number one, there's a question from the angels to the women. I want it to be a question for all of us today. The question is asked there in verse number five. Why do you seek the living one among the dead? Why do you seek the living one among the dead? And then they announce Jesus Christ is not here. And then they announce further, Jesus Christ is risen. And then they announce further, remember what Jesus said. So that will be our Easter morning time to think about today. We'll allow the angels and what they said in their announcement to these first disciples, these women who had faithfully come to the grave of the Lord Jesus. They're there and now they hear these words. So now we hear them for our generation. The question of the angels is the question I ask to you today. Now, this is a personal question to you. This is a question to you that has only one of two answers. The question of the angels that we hear today is this. Why do you seek the living one? Among the dead. You see, these women had prepared their spices. They had prepared their spices when Jesus had died. He had been buried in the tomb. And back in 23, verse 56, they returned and prepared the spices and the perfumes. Then they, then they obeyed the Sabbath rest. And now they're back on the first day of the week. And where have they come to meet Jesus? They have come to meet Jesus. They have come to the tomb of Jesus. These women came to anoint a dead Jesus. I want you to think about that today. These women came with their spices, assuming, planning, living as though Jesus was dead. I ask you today, do you live today like Jesus is dead? Oh, you see, we're either living like the Lord Jesus is alive, and all that goes with knowing that one we love is alive, or we're living as though He is dead. You see, this is the condition of the world. Even on their best, on their best ideas about the Lord Jesus... Many today, most of the world, I would say in general, thinks of Jesus as someone who lived and died. They would say he's a good man. Some of these religions of, around us would say, well, he was a prophet. And that's all he was. He was not the son of God eternally. They would say, well, he died a martyr. He did his best. The Jews were a hard people and they were in it with the Romans. They weren't going to get by with anything. They refused to believe. They refused to believe that Jesus was alive. When they buried him and rolled the stone across, that's when Caiaphas and the others, the Jewish leaders, that's it. We're done with him. We're finished with him. And life moved on for them. 
Even though they had their reports, the stone was gone. Even though their soldiers came back in dread and fear, the Romans heard the same. Pilate was amazed, but they lived their lives as though Jesus were dead. You see, if someone's dead, there's not a lot of impression that is left upon your mind. It soon fades away. Some of us live like Jesus is dead. We have no desire to follow what Jesus even says in His Word. You see, to be a follower of Jesus is to be just that, a disciple, to hear these words, to read these words, these red letter words, the Word of God, put it together in our heart and say, I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to live a lifestyle. I'm going to live a lifestyle like the Lord Jesus would live. I'm going to do as I can to live like Jesus. I'm going to live like Jesus in my attitudes of forgiveness and my behavior toward others. I'm going to live like Jesus in the way I talk and speak. I'm going to live like Jesus in the way I treat people. And I'm going to show mercy. I'm going to show forgiveness. I'm going to show love. But you see, the, the vast majority of people in the world, and I'm afraid some who are hearing my voice today, here or even online, you live as if Jesus is dead. These women came to the tomb. They came to the tomb and they brought their spices because they thought Jesus was still dead. But we see that the angels make an announcement. They make an announcement and say, Jesus Christ is not here. You have to read all of their words together. It's not that they were, uh, they were chiding these women. It's not that they were rebuking these women. They were announcing to them what they should have already known because Jesus had already said what was going to happen. But they say, why do you seek the living one among the dead? Let's take it a phrase at a time. He is not, he is not here. He is not here. They're standing in an empty tomb, a borrowed tomb. They all know where, they all knew where the tomb was. They all knew what had happened. They all knew that the Lord Jesus had been there in his body, but he is not here. You see, that says to me three quick things. He is not here means that he has been here. He has been here. He's been on the earth. He's walked on the earth. He's taught God's word. He's preached the gospel. He's shared the truth of God's word. The Lord Jesus, as I said to this church a few weeks ago, is one of us. He was born into this world. He has a human nature just like us. He knows what it's like to be tempted in all ways. Are you listening? There's one who knows what you're going through today. There's one who knows all that you're being tempted to do. There's one who understands clearly, completely what it means to be human. You see, he is not here, but he has been here. He is not here, but he was here. And the angels are referring to that very tomb. What is it that happened in that tomb? He was dead. The Lord Jesus Christ didn't pass, pass out at the cross and then somehow revive. He was not carried away and stolen away by his disciples. He was buried and the stone was rolled across the entrance. The Lord Jesus Christ breathed his last on the cross and died. He is not here, but he was here. He was dead. He was in this place. He is not here, but he has been here. But also, 
The angel's words remind us that he is not here. Listen to me, but he is going to come back here very soon. The angel stood beside these disciples as the Lord ascends to heaven after 40 days in the book of Acts chapter 1. And what do these angels do before they join the Lord Jesus as he ascends to heaven? They say, why are you looking into the sky? Why are you watching the Lord Jesus? Why are you watching him go into the sky? Listen, may I just quote their words to you? He will come again in the same way you have watched him go. Listen, the angel said he is not here, but he was here. The angels say he is not here, but he has been here. And the angels declare he is not here, but he will be here again. But the angel's announcement goes on. He is not here. He is risen. He is risen. So when we talk about being raised, we're talking about the most astounding event in human history. It is the resurrection forever of a dead man whose name was the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. Now he is raised from the dead. These women, these women hear these words, and as we read these words, they, they, they're amazed. They don't know what to think. They are shocked by these words. I only remind you of this today. Having been raised means, as I said earlier, he was dead. Look, over and over when I do services for people at their funeral. I'm amazed by those who talk about and speak with me. I'm not judging them. I'm really not. And I'm glad that they feel like they can speak with me about it. How shocked they are that someone, their loved one or their friend has died. Look, I don't want you to be shocked today. But it's like the old preacher said, and it's true for me and it's true for you. I am a dying man preaching to dying men and women. We're all here facing death. Uh, it may come sooner than you think. It may come in a surprising way. It may come in an accident. It may come through a long illness or something else. The fact of the matter, I'm speaking to you. I want you to know you face death. And at death, you either will live forever with the Lord Jesus Christ or you will suffer forever separated from Him in a place called hell. I appeal to you today, this is the day for you to understand what Jesus Christ did in overcoming death. He is risen from the dead. He is risen and is fully alive. He is risen from the dead and victorious over death. As Paul said, He is risen from the dead and He is raised forever, never again to die. He is the one who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He is not here. Why would you search out and live as if Jesus is dead? He is alive. And as being one who is alive, who now is available to hear you and understand what you're going through, why would you not come to Him and be saved? And oh, by the way, what was the whole difference? What was the whole issue for Luke 24? These dear disciples did not remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Now look at them, and I'll be quickly finished here. Look at verse 7. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men. That happened on the cross. I don't need to repeat to you the horrible, brutal, 
hostile, awful treatment that the Lord Jesus experienced in the house of Caiaphas, in the palace of Pilate, in the home of Herod, and then back among all their soldiers in their quarters. I do not need to remind you of the agony of a wooden post being a man nailed with on his hands to the crossbar and then it being dropped with a thud into the ground and the ripping of his flesh and already the the horrible abuse and beaten body of the Lord Jesus Christ lacerated from His head to His toes. I do not need to remind you of the blood that flowed. I do not need to remind you of the agony of the one who said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I want to remind you of His words. You see, today I'm standing as the preacher of record today to remind you of the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. They are the best news. They are the best words. They are gospel words. The Son of Man must be delivered into sinful hands and be crucified and the third day rise again. And praise God, this is the gospel. Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried and he was raised on the third day. This is what we go and say to people. This is what we talk to them about. We bring their focus back to the best news of all, that we follow and we serve a risen Lord, a risen Savior. We live as those who know and have experienced in our lives what it means to be alive in Christ, united to Christ, and even death cannot separate us from the love and the relationship we have with Christ. Here's Again, some of the most astounding words that Jesus ever said. If you believe in me, even if you die bodily, you will live. You'll still be alive. And if you're living, you will never die. You see, this is an amazing truth. That's what eternal life is. Eternal life begins at the moment you repent of your sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why He is raised from the dead. Have you forgotten the words of the Lord Jesus? Well, the disciples heard these words. They came back. The ladies remembered these words in verse 8. They came back to the ones who had heard these words along with them over and over. And we read these shocking words. But these words... These words of the Lord Jesus, Son of Man, must be delivered into the hands, be crucified. These words were to them nonsense. They had become unbelievers, though they had walked with Him all these days. They could not believe it to be true. And they would not believe the words of the Lord Jesus. Some of you in this room, some of your friends and neighbors, will not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. They think that it's okay just to be moral. If they're moral enough, if they're nice to people, if they don't beat anybody up, if they don't cuss people out, if they treat people honest in business, well, obviously, they're going to go to heaven. No, morality will not get you to heaven. You cannot keep the law of God and go to heaven. Because we have all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. Every last person in this room, every last person who hears my voice today, you are a sinner and you're either under the grace of God, saved by grace, or you're a sinner and you're still in your sins. 
And so on this resurrection day, why do you seek the living one among the dead? Why are you living as if Jesus is dead? He is alive. He is alive so that you might believe in Him and trust in Him. He is not here. He is risen from the dead, ascended, praise God, to the glorious place and will soon come again. So we must remember His words. So what do we remember today? Well, I've said it over and over again. Remember the good news of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. What do I think about? What do I, what do I set my mind on? The Lord Jesus died for me and He is alive for me. He gives me His life so that I might live. And how do I do it? How do I do it? Well, we've mentioned it already today. I give you Romans chapter 10. This is for everyone here. So Pastor Mike, how can I come to have eternal life? How can I come to be saved? Romans 10, 9 through 11. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. You must in your mind, that is describing your heart, you must in your mind accept these things are true. These evidences are true. These eyewitnesses are true. Uh, the Lord Jesus has risen from the dead. I believe it to be so. I believe that the Lord Jesus is alive. I believe He's alive. So a person with their heart, their mind believes and it results in righteousness. And with the mouth, we make confession. We saw it today, the good confession made by these dear ones who stood in the baptismal waters to say they're going to be followers of Jesus. For the scripture says, this is for us all on Easter. This is what I go to say to my friends and those that I do not know as I share the gospel. It's what we say as a church, whosoever believes will not be disappointed. You will never be disappointed if you surrender and follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Ah, the song for me is good. It echoes in my mind today. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and He talks with me all along life's way. He lives. He lives salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. Well, He lives within my heart. Praise to the glory of His grace. The Lord Jesus is near and at the door. And as I pray, I ask this church to pray with me every day. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus.